0: Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. And, Lord, I just pray as we return tithes and give offerings to you, Lord, that we, Lord, would be obedient to you, Lord, that you would return to us, that you would bless us, Lord Jesus. Help us to step out in obedience and to trust you with all of our hearts in every single area, Lord Jesus including our resources. So, Lord, thank you for the time, the energy, the finances that you bless us with. Help us to give back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Eileen, wasn't that beautiful? Good job. Well, I have the honor of introducing our special guest this morning. Um, Lee Rogers is here. He's going to be speaking this morning. He was our uh, Youth Alive missionary for, what, 11? 11 years? 10? 10, 11, i eleven—I don't know—a <laughs> long time. He was our youth live missionary for the Pendel District, and for the last two months, he has been serving as our district youth director for all of the uh, Assembly of God churches in Pennsylvania and Delaware. Um, I work with Lee and I just have the awesome opportunity of uh, just his mentorship and seeing his leadership and I've just been so blessed by that in my own life and I know that uh, God has just laid a word on his heart this morning to share with us So would you um, just join me in welcoming Lee this morning (laughs) to our stage?
1: Thank you Jess Um, and uh, thank you all for uh, being here and being a part of this awesome church. This is a, uh, I've said this before, I think, here, and I'm going to say it again. This is a great-looking group of people. So turn to the person next to you say, you are great-looking. Yeah, turn to the person on the other side say, you are great-looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it gets a little awkward when the men have to say it to one another over here, but that's Okay. It's okay, and speaking of things that look great, doesn't the church look fantastic? Give yourselves a hand, it's amazing. The last time I was here, Pastor Josh was about this, uh, was in actually late spring, 2016, so uh, just a lot of changes since then, and it looks uh, just excellent, you know, uh, when you talk about... Uh, a remodel, a reshape. You have one thing in mind, one goal in mind, one job in mind to get it done and to get it done well. And you had one job, and you did it. It looks great. And I thought, what better way to celebrate that than to laugh at some people or some jobs where they had one job, but they didn't quite get it right, right? So we're gonna put some pictures up, some you had one job (laughs) pictures, and we're gonna just see how some projects go awry, right? You had one job, you had one, look at this one. Now you have to look kind of close at this next one. Look at this one, you see it? It takes a minute to see it sometimes, right? Take a look at this one. Don't park in the fry zone, okay? Don't park in the fry zone. How about this one? All right. Someone's directionally challenged. How about this one? This one just just takes a second here to to see this one. One job, (laughs) one job. That's not okay, yeah. How about this one, okay? Now here's one, here's a good one. Yeah. No. Speaking of no. of school, speaking of school. How about this one right here? You go to look for the hot dog buns. Yeah. Here's one in case of a fire, in case of a fire. Hopefully you don't live in this building. I don't know how you messed that one. How you messed that one up. Here's one when you need a spoon. Hopefully you don't get it from this box.
2: That's good. Uh-huh.
1: And has anybody here ever done cake decorating? We know it's tough. We know it's tough, but they didn't quite, they didn't quite get the Olympic rings right on this cake. Okay, and how about this? Someone's going to be in trouble with this, uh, with this job. But, you know, you had one job. You had one job. Well, you did a great job here. And I want to talk this morning about uh, uh, a part of Scripture the uh, book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, and its uh, title of the message is, You Had One Job. You Had One Job. And uh, there, is a, there is a position that is found throughout ancient, ancient history, the ancient Near East, uh, uh, that a, a person had this one job. They had one job, and it was very intense, and it was very boring for long periods of time, But if you weren't good at this job, it could cost not only your life, but the lives of those people around you. And it was the job of the watchman. And uh, God spoke to Ezekiel, and he uses the uh, analogy of the watchman to explain Ezekiel's role in the history of Israel during the time in which he lives. This is what it says in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 1 through 9. I'm in the New Living Translation, we'll have it here, and you, of course, are welcome to uh, read along in your own version. But it says, once again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people, Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm but ignored it, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Now, Son of Man... I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. God, help us today to hear from you. And uh, during this season of both celebration and beginning, beginning of a new school year, a new season, help us to respond appropriately to what you are speaking to us today. God, we need you. We depend upon you. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, of course, the watchman is found all throughout the, you know, you'll see this idea all throughout the Old Testament that there's a watch. And the watchman idea, the concept continued even into uh, the New Testament. In fact, they would tell time throughout the night by what watch it was. And you might recall from the story when Jesus appeared on the water walking uh, and the disciples were in the boat, they'll say it was the fourth watch of the night. And so this idea of of watching continues, and we even have watchmen today. You don't really think about it as much. We have so much technology that does our watching for us. Some of you have a home security system. Its job is to watch the perimeter of your home. We have uh, military people stationed even now throughout our country and the world that are monitoring skies and the Coast Guard that is watching the coast. So we even still have watchers today. How many of you wear a smartwatch from time to time? It's watching your heart rate and the number of steps you take during the day. So this idea of watching continues, continues throughout society. And this morning, I just want to make... Three observations, and I'm not going to speak for long because there is ice cream being made outside. And my wife told me this morning that today is a national banana split day, and that, that really is something that we should give attention to. <laughs> so I'm not going to speak for long, but I do want to just challenge you in a few different ways about this spiritual concept which God speaks to Ezekiel that he's a watchman for his time. Jesus told his disciples, talking about his return, he said, watch and pray. Be on watch because you do not know the time. Watch. And my first point is that simple. The watchman watches. They have one job. To watch. To be on guard. To be on a lookout. I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Everything a watchman does is seen through this single lens of one job. Now think about this. It's, would, you, would you like to have this job? Because personally, I get distracted really easily. Are there any hunters in the the room? And so hunting season is coming up like really, really soon. And and, and so maybe you're in the tree stand. Have you ever lost your attention in the tree stand and missed the opportunity? I think this happened last year. I I just slightly missed an opportunity. I I saw just one, you know, shootable buck all year, and it came up from my right side. I was watching this way. And I got distracted, and I, I saw it but not soon enough to get ready. Because I I got distracted, it's so easy to get distracted. But everything a watchman does is seen through this lens. He prepares himself uh, to be ready to watch the horizon for the enemy. He's got one job, one job. It takes priority over everything else. And it seems kind of easy, doesn't it? Just get up there and watch. Seems like an easy job. If you've got a high-stress job, you might think, I, I think I'd like that job, just to get up there and watch. But think about how, how challenging it is. You know, uh, Jesus took his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane. He went to pray, and he came back, and they were asleep. And he says to them, could you not watch with me and pray? Could you not watch just for one hour and pray? Even the people closest to Jesus couldn't help but be distracted by their tiredness. You know, uh, when you when you can't really keep a focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on, it can really cause some awkward situations. You know about. Probably uh, 18, 17, 18 years ago, my wife and I went down to Florida on vacation, and our friends, uh, Tom and Becky Arnold, Rebecca Arnold, happened to be down there also at that time, and uh, they they are really, uh, Tom and Rebecca are really crazy about uh, theme parks And they love the extreme roller coasters. And we're we're not so much, but they wanted to do something together. So we compromised, and we went to a water park, one of the Disney water parks, called Blizzard Beach. I don't know if you ever heard of Blizzard Beach, but the concept of Blizzard Beach is a Disney water park in Orlando. The concept is that a, a freak blizzard hit the central Florida area. And uh, caused all this snow and ice, and now it's melting, and so there's all these water slides, and we got to get out and have fun. And so everything, even though it's in the middle of Florida, has this snow and ice kind of theme throughout the park of Blizzard Beach. And in fact, one part of Blizzard Beach, to get up to the water slides, you ride a ski lift up to the water slides. And you kind of get in line like you would a ski lift, except you don't have skis because you're in your bathing suit because it's really a water park. And and so you get in line. But here's what Disney does. And, of course, they're very creative at Disney. So when you sit down on that chairlift, that ski lift to ride up, they actually have skis that are under the lift. And when you sit down, they come up from underneath, and it makes it look like you have skis (laughs) on your feet. And I was watching this, Happen, and it was our turn to get onto the ski lift, and I thought I really want to see how this works. So, as the, as we sat down, I bent over like this to watch the skis come up, not realizing that a safety bar was also coming down from above.
2: <laughs>
1: and all of a sudden, it hit me, and I'm going, "Ah, I'm trapped! I'm trapped!" And the Disney workers freaked out. They hit the emergency stop button on the ski lift. And we stopped the entire ride. We had to get off, and it was closed for 30 minutes afterwards. In fact, we're walking around, and people were pointing at us going, those are the guys that broke the ski lift. Because I wasn't really having my eyes where they were supposed to be. I wasn't watching what I was supposed to watch. Have you ever seen this happening on the street or in a mall or in a business somewhere? You know what I'm saying? And some of you are doing this all the time, too. You're just, I know I'm always just answering messages and whatnot, and so I may be distracted from what's going on. Check out this awesome, uh, funny video of people who uh, were distracted by their phones. <laughs> Into the water she goes. Sing. Hup. Into the door. Hup. <laughs> this one is. This is rough. Oh. Now look at these girls. They're just like, uh, well, that was awkward. <laughs> and let's just sit down. Oh. What what went on over there? gonna happen here. Let's see. (laughs) Wow. Not watching where you're going, and it can be really easy today to get distracted. It really can be, and you know, this idea of of watching continues. Uh, through the Old Testament and, and I know I'm saying uh, that watchman has one job but it's really not just one job right I mean we you talk about this sanctuary you had one job to redo but we all know that there were just components of this and that it took time to bring together from demolition to reconstruction to carpet technology I was commenting to pastor Josh about how beautiful uh, the sound uh, booth was earlier and, and so there's just all these different components right we have one goal we have one job but it's comprised of all these different things Well, with the watchman, they're watching, and then the second part of their job, which is really heavily emphasized here, is to give a warning. The watchman watches, and the watchman warns. And this is where it really really gets heavy with Ezekiel, as God kind of says uh, to him and lays this heavy responsibility, listen, I'm giving you a message to speak, and if you speak it and they ignore you, then that's on them. But if you don't give the message, if you don't give the warning, yes. that's on you. That's heavy. Yeah. That That is heavy watchman warns. He says, I'm pointing you a watchman over Israel. Listen to what I say and warn them for me. The watchman sounds the alarm. And in the ancient Near East, that physical person, that watchman standing on the wall, his job is to watch the entire city. One of the most famous watchmen from, the American, from American history, right? Paul Revere, mm-hmm. who sees the British coming and rides and warns people. The British are coming, sounding the alarm. And if any man disregarded the warning, he signed his death warrant or his prison sentence. But if anyone hears it, then they know that trouble is on the horizon. There are some ancient letters that were found. They're called the Lashish letters, and they are are, are not detailed in Scripture, but they are from those last days of the kingdom of Judah before Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and the armies uh, of Babylon carried Judah off into exile. One later, a, de- de- a letter dating from the time of Nebuchadnezzar's invasion of Jerusalem, uh, talks about watchmen who d- weren't just on the city walls, but that they were far off watching for the armies of Nebuchadnezzar to come, and they were lighting fires. They would light a fire. And one fire would be lit, and then another fire would be lit. Have you ever seen uh, this? There was a movie that came out, a series of movies that came out uh, 15 to 20 years ago, the Lord of the Rings movies. Remember that? And, and there was a scene in there. Let's watch this as they as they light the fires, warning that the armies are coming and that everybody should prepare. And so they know, get ready to ride. The armies are coming. Now, some of you got to go home and you're like, got I gotta watch that movie again. That was <laughs> kind of a very glorified Hollywood depiction of things that actually took place in history. Things that, armies were coming and so fires were lit in a series to give warning. The enemy's on the way. Yeah. The watchman sounds the alarm. There is an idea today, I think. Uh, that uh, the, it's encapsulated in the phrase, you do you. Have you heard this phrase, you do you? And really popular with young people, really popular with teenagers, you do you. The idea is, you know, you just live your best life. You just be who you want to be. Don't worry about your responsibility to God or to others. You do you. And there's a sense in which it embraces the creativity and the uniqueness of each one of us as we were created. But there is also a sense in which it ignores the idea that we do serve a holy God who calls us to certain standards, who reaches out to us with the Holy Spirit. And some of this has even infected the church and our ways of, of thinking. In fact, uh, there, there's a, a very strong movement and culture today that Christians are not good people. They want to tell everybody else how they should live. They don't mind their own business. you, You understand what I'm saying, and there's a tremendous social pressure. If you work in a secular workplace or you go to a school, you know what I'm saying. There's a tremendous pressure. Just keep your mouth shut. Just mind your business. Let everybody find their own truth. It's like the time of Judges almost. It says Israel had no king. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. This is kind of where we are right now. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes, and you're wrong to say otherwise. And yet we have a continual scriptural scriptural obligation to warn people to tell them about who Jesus is. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that he gave us Jesus. He gave the reconciliation between man and God accomplished through Jesus to us, and he has also committed to us the message of reconciliation, that we are the ones responsible to tell people about Jesus. He ended that passage by saying, we, therefore, are Christ's ambassadors. We speak for the king. And so there continues to be this idea that as we watch for Jesus' return, we also sound the alarm. Now, I thank God for a couple things. And one of those things that I thank God for is that the weight that God put Onto Ezekiel is not the same weight that we have to carry. You know, the weight he put on Ezekiel was this. If you don't sound the alarm, it's all up to you, this one person, this one watchman. And if you don't sound the alarm, I will hold you responsible for the deaths. You know, we have so many things that have changed in the new covenant. And one of the awesome things that have changed, you know, the, the watcher watches, the watcher warns, but the watcher gets, we get to share responsibility for warning people. And one of the awesome things about that is that God, through the person of Jesus, sends the Holy Spirit into the earth. And here's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. It seems to take this more active role after Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will give witness of me. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come and convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. What does that mean? It means we share responsibility with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit does really the heavy lifting, that I don't have to go to my neighbor and say, sinner! The Holy Spirit is doing that work. But I do have a responsibility to talk about Jesus, to be Christ's ambassador to be the one who gives a testimony to what God is doing. And so we share this responsibility with the Holy Spirit to evangelize, to talk about Jesus. We don't carry it with the same weight that the watchman of of Ezekiel had to do. But we still carry the responsibility to talk about Jesus. And the lost, of course, share some responsibility as well. And when we talk about Jesus... When we talk about who he is, what he's done in our life, when we invite them into the fellowship with the body of Christ, the church, they have a responsibility to respond. And how they respond is their choice. That's not a decision we can make for them. And God is kind of clear about that in this passage of Ezekiel also, isn't he? Yes. And if they don't heed the warning, it's their responsibility. Each person is responsible for his or her response, at the same time, uh, we are responsible to speak the word of truth. Can I just ask you uh, a question, you know, when it comes to your role in the world, we're getting ready to, and we're entering a new season, in fact, my wife is a teacher, she started back to school last Monday in Carlisle, some schools are starting around here tomorrow, Christ is so excited. Uh, you know, the end of summer, if you're a teacher or you're a parent of a student in school or you're connected with the school system in some way, the end of the summer and the start of school, I know in my house, it marks the end of an awesome season of change and difference and travel and vacations and time together, and it moves into a season of routine, and during the summer, there's, uh, we have camp, we have vacation, we go, uh, my parents are here today, they're, vi- they're visiting, we had general counsel in Orlando, we're traveling, we're camping with our small group from our church, and just all kinds of different things that are happening. But last Monday, a new routine began, Monday through Friday, school, come home, end of the day, got some work to do at home, maybe some homework. Go to bed, wake up, and then kind of the same routine happens, right? And there seems to be some monotony in that, I think, that kind of every day. In fact, when you're a kid and you're in school, you think it's never going to end (laughs) because it becomes so monotonous, right? And sometimes you, you dread that school bus. If you remember the school bus coming down the road, I just dreaded that get into that monotonous thing and you know some of, for, our, for a lot of us of course we're not in school anymore that we're going to get ready here to pray and to bless for the kids and the students who are here uh, we have the monotony still a routine of life you go to a workplace maybe you sit in a cubicle maybe you go to a factory a warehouse you're a craftsman a builder you go and you do different things that are kind of monotonous in your work and sometimes I think in that monotony we can lose sight of the big picture, that we're Christ's ambassadors, that who we are is more than what we do, that as we sang this morning, we are who God says that we are, which means that we're redeemed, which means that we're his messengers on earth, which means that we shine the light of God in dark places. And I just want to ask you about that. In the monotony of every day, have you lost kind of your way as a watchman? as one who works alongside the Holy Spirit to give warning to people and to testify to who God is, to testify to his greatness, to testify to all of those things that God is wanting to do, that he's done through you and that he's wanting to do in the lives of the people who you you are surrounded by. But we share responsibility with the Holy Spirit. And one of the other things that this is moderated by, you know, when you read about this role of the watchman and Ezekiel's spiritual responsibility, I get just this heavy feeling of a street preacher almost, right? Just preaching fire and brimstone and condemnation. You kind of get this feeling of just warning, warning, prophesying, warning, telling people. Jesus set a new pattern for us when he came. Everywhere he went. He didn't just proclaim the kingdom of God, talk about who he was, who God was. He served people. Yeah. He brought healing in, into their lives, sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally. He fed people when they were hungry. He created water. You know, He said he talked about himself at the well. I will give you living water. Thank you, Lord. He created wine where there was none. He serves people everywhere he goes. And so this is also the blessing part of the new covenant, this idea that in the past the prophets would get up and and, they, and we get this idea of, of preaching for God, speaking for God, preaching kind of this fire and brimstone. But Jesus shows us this way of love, of serving others Amen. alongside Amen. proclaiming who Jesus is, proclaiming who God is, proclaiming the kingdom. I just want to ask you in your role as a watchman, who in your life does God have you watching? Who in your life is God using you to be a witness to? Or who does God want to use you to be a witness to? Are you serving them, or how can you serve them? What are you doing to go out of your way to invite them to church? To bring some healing into their everyday life. To make things easier, to lighten their burden. To help them touch the stream of living water who is Jesus. Had some bad storms here last week, right? Last Thursday, we were getting ready for a Bible quiz camp at the Conference Center. And uh, we had an awesome Bible quiz camp last weekend, 240 quizzers from all over the Northeast. And I wanted to be there the whole time, my first year, to be able to be there in, in a new role. So we took our camper up to the conference center in Carlisle and we camped there. I took it up there Thursday and our plan was, we're gonna I'm gonna meet with Bernie a little bit Thursday night. I try to help him Thursday morning, get things ready. I had to speak at around two o'clock on Friday afternoon to the quizzers and encourage them and greet them. Then I was gonna spend time there all weekend and, Then preach Sunday morning, well, something happened Thursday night in our neighborhood. A freakish storm came through, kind of like Jessica showed me some, Pastor Jessica showed me some pictures of a storm, right, that came through New Cumberland last week with trees uprooted, and she said her neighbor had 25, 30 trees that had been knocked down. Well, we had kind of a similar storm Thursday, and what happened behind uh, my neighbor's house, my neighbor who, I mean, we share a property line. I live on less than half an acre, and she lives on less than half an acre, so we're very close together. Well, behind her house, and, and we can't say that it was a tornado, but trees were just snapped in half, and then two trees came down right on top of their two cars that my neighbor has, and smashed one of them. And then across the street, from my neighbor, a tree fell and hit my neighbor's house. And uh, that house uh, across the street had some significant damage. And I heard, about I was actually driving home late Thursday night. My neighbor, whose cars got smashed, was on vacation. And we were handling some dog sitting duties. So I left the campground to go home. And a 20 minute drive took me an hour because there were roads closed and power lines down, and there was a train, a long cargo train, that was stopped and blocking intersections. So I had to drive all the way out to Dillsburg and then come back to Mount Holly Springs from the south. I finally got there and saw the damage and couldn't believe it, and so I went back uh, to the Mangiorno Conference Center, and in the morning, we we got up early, and we went home to clean up the storm damage, and we were working in our yard, and I had been contacting my neighbor who was on... Uh, vacation and showing her the pictures and then my neighbor from across the street katie and Sally who live across the street uh, They came over to talk. She said if you get a chance could you come over and take a look at the damage? Uh, we have a tree that hit our house and it's blocking our driveway We can't even get out and I said and I knew, like she's asking me to come look, but I'm sensing She's asking me to come help Because we have our chainsaw out and we're we're doing some work and it was me and my wife And a boy uh, who is uh, from one of the families in our small group at our church in Carlisle. And so we said, we'll be right. We'll be over in about 20 minutes. We got over to her house at about 1030. Now, I had this timed to where I needed to leave my house at about 1230 to comfortably get back to the conference center, get a shower from uh, working with all the wood and the chainsaw, and, and then be able to be of a great mindset to go talk to the Bible quizzers. But you know something, when my neighbor came over and, and just was kind of, could you come look at this? We need some help. I know that I'm a watchman mm-hmm. for them.
2: Yeah.
1: So I know that I'm a watchman for them. And I've been for years, for years. Looking for every opportunity to serve, whether it's helping them when it snows or, you know, they were big, big uh, Democratic supporters during the presidential election and I went over just to talk with them after because they, they were depressed over the election. Or whether it's this moment where we can go over yeah. and just start to saw the wood. And so we went over there and we worked for about two more hours back then. It wasn't able. We, at one o'clock about we, about one o'clock, I finally said, we gotta go. We got, their, we got the tree off of their house, and we got their tree pulled out of their driveway, cut and pulled out of their driveway. And I got back to the conference center, jumped in the shower in the camper, and got into the room. At, well, I was supposed to speak at 2.15, I got into the room to speak at 2.14. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, you know, there's this idea that, that says, you know, well, you should have just gone and, You know, they could be on their own, but I'm a watchman for my neighbor. And following the pattern of Jesus, I'm going to look for every opportunity to serve them. To bring healing to a situation where a tree falls on their house and they're trapped and they're feeling like, wow, this just happened like that. Because I believe, as has already happened, that we will continue to be able to have conversations about Jesus, about who he is, about what he's doing. want to invite you to stand with me as we close out this part of our service. And I want to ask you uh, just to consider maybe who you are this morning. Who you are. And for the sake of reflection and simplicity, let's just break it down into two groups. This morning, are you a watchman? Are you a person who has has submitted their life to Jesus in faith, you've placed your faith in God, you're serving God, and as such, you're an ambassador for Christ, are you a watchman? Or are you here as a person to whom God is trying to give warning to? Are you here as a person that the watchman is warning? the watchman of the Holy Spirit, the watchman of this message, the watchman of this church. Are you a person who has not yet put their faith in God and God is calling out to you? God is warning you. God is sending you the message. Because if you're a watchman, then the question really is a question of, am I warning? Am I serving? Am I helping? Am I working alongside the Holy Spirit? As he convicts my neighbors, my friends, my coworkers of sin and righteousness and judgment, am I looking for the opportunity to serve? But if you are a person that the watchman is calling out to, you've yet to put your faith in God. Well, then you even have greater opportunity this morning to say it's time for me to put my faith in God. It's time for me to make a faith commitment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Holy Spirit, we need you. God, we need you today. God, as we enter a new season, a season that we've been through before, a start of a new school year, back to a return to routine for many of us who are parents or who are children or who are grandparents. God, we pray as we enter this season that we would be ever aware of what we are being warned of, what we are being cautioned of. God, we pray that we would be ever aware of what you are speaking to us and through us. God, I pray for every person here who would say, I don't have my faith in God right now. I don't have my faith in God. The watchman is for me. I'm the person for whom the watchman exists because I don't have my faith in God. If that's you this morning and you say, I don't have my faith in God, but I want to put my faith in God this morning, I haven't accepted Jesus. I haven't put my trust in Jesus, but I want to put my trust in Jesus today. You say, I want to make a change. I want to put my faith in God. I want to invite you just to raise your hand right now. I want to put my faith in God. I haven't done that yet. I want to put my faith in God this morning. And now for the rest of us here, are you a watchman today. As we enter a new season that can be monotonous, how is God speaking to you about serving your neighbor and about being Christ's ambassador, about proclaiming the message of reconciliation that God is making things right between him and us through the person of Jesus Christ? And I want to ask you this morning to make an intentional commitment in this place to do one thing this week to serve a friend to serve a neighbor to help someone out who needs to put their faith in God maybe it's going over and helping with some trees that fell maybe it's helping them take their garbage out maybe they have a, another kind of a need maybe your friend or your neighbor or your co-worker just needs someone to talk to make a commitment this morning to be that watchman to help them by serving them so that they will be so much more open to the message and the person of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for all you're doing in us. And Lord, as we prepare now to pray for and to bless every student here, let your Holy Spirit move in these little ones. Let us realize that it's not only us who are ambassadors for you, but it's our children as well. Pastor Jessica or Pastor Josh, would you come and lead us through this time of praying for the kids?
0: All right. If all the kids and youth would come up, we're going to just line you up here. Maybe, Pastor Jess, if you'd hand them all a a pencil. You can line up here wherever you want. You want to line up? I think you'll all fit if you just line up right there. If you're going to school, any college students, any university students? Awesome. Ooh, look at that, Green Lantern, huh? And it says this, it says, this is no ordinary pencil. This pencil has been prayed for, prayed over with you in mind. Keep this pencil in your desk or in your backpack. And when you are sad, having a bad day, or just need help in doing your work, you can hold this in your hand with the confidence to know God loves you and is always with you, with love from your church, Faith Assembly. So we prayed for these this morning, and we want you to take these to school with you. If uh, you don't use a pencil, if you're more of a mechanical pencil like me, just keep it in your backpack. So... Any mechanical pencil people? I had to click my pencil. Um, So would you stretch your hands out? We have a lot of schools represented. We also have teachers represented. Lisa's teaching. Krista's teaching. Any other educators or administrators out there? That's right. Kiki's out there. Anybody else? awesome well let's just stretch our hands out let's pray for these students today Lord we thank you for these students up here Lord whether they're in preschool whether they're in elementary school whether they're in middle school or high school or college or their teachers or administrators we pray your blessing upon them Lord Jesus we thank you that you're sending them out to be your missionaries to their schools Lord Jesus I pray that you would send them out to be a beacon of hope and life and joy and peace Lord Jesus that they could shine the light of Jesus, wherever they are, Lord, that you have placed them in the right classroom, the right school, the right homeroom, the right hallway for such a time as this, Lord, I pray that they would have opportunities to share their faith of Jesus with their friends, with their teachers, with their administrators, we pray your blessing upon these schools, Lord Jesus, we pray your protection all around them, we pray that your blessing go with them, that your anointing be all over them, in Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen. amen, amen, God bless you, you kids can go back with your parents, Pastor Jess, can you go see to see if, uh, make sure they're ready for us out there, you are my parent, come here honey, you can stay with me, oh, you're right, you guys hungry? Okay, we got some delicious ice cream sundaes. She's going to check this just to make sure they're ready for us out there. And we do appreciate you coming. We are good? Awesome. Thanks so much for coming and c- celebrating with us. Please stick around. We have free ice cream Sundays out there. And uh, we'd love to have you join with us have a time of fellowship. So God bless you.